Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. The triune God is an unminable source of riches, wisdom, knowledge, judgments, and promises. You never literally will, this side of heaven, uncover everything there is to know about the triune God. But, just, uh, but that doesn't mean, however, that we, that we don't know anything. And it doesn't mean that there aren't at least a few things that we absolutely have to know and confess as Christians. The first is this. There is a God, and you are not him. God is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this triune God is holy and just. You and I are not. This is the most basic teaching of Christianity, that you and I are not God. Obvious, right? Well, not really. If it were that obvious, the Apostle Paul wouldn't have needed to rhetorically ask in Romans, for who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? Of course, it's absurd to think that we could teach God anything or that God needs anything from us, and and that if I give something to God, then then he'll repay me with with blessing or or life everlasting. That's absurd. And yet we do this all the time. We think we deserve God's blessings because of who we are, or, or more pointedly, who we're not. We're not like everybody else out there. And we try teaching God all the time, too. And and the way we try teaching God is by telling him with our thoughts or actions that our ways are better than his ways. And this happens whenever we break one of the ten most basic things that the triune God has given to us, the Ten Commandments. Because to break a single commandment is to make an idol out of yourself and your own thoughts or actions, which is a sin against the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. And so what God tells us through the Ten Commandments is another basic thing that we need to know as Christians. Because not only will it help us make sense of everything going on out in the world right now, but also of who God is and who I am not. The Ten Commandments show us what our true nature really is like. It's no secret that the fifth commandment, you shall not kill, was broken in a big public way a little over a week and a half ago with the murder of George Floyd. And of course, even if he hadn't been killed, it still would have been a sin because as Jesus says, hate is murder of the heart. And this is, of course, where racism stems from, to sin against the fifth commandment. But it's also sin against the eighth commandment. Because the Eighth Commandment tells us to to excuse our neighbor, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. 
racism is to put the worst construction on everything. To believe that because our neighbor has a darker skin color, that we're justified in thinking or speaking poorly of them, not showing love to them as we ought. In the case of George Floyd, while we don't know what was the actual motivation of the officers uh, who killed him, the Fifth Commandment also says that it's a sin if you don't help and befriend your neighbor in his need. Now, does the Fifth Commandment mean, then, that police officers should never use force or kill? Well, no, because the Fourth Commandment is above and before the Fifth Commandment. The Fourth Commandment says we are to honor our father and mother and all others in authority so that we may live long on the earth. The Fourth Commandment is where God gives authority to the government to protect life. So one of the duties that God has given to our government is the power of the sword and the authority to kill. This is why Christians can be soldiers and police officers and kill justly. But this doesn't mean that this authority and power can't be abused. A pastor on issues, etc., said it this way. Just because a parent has authority over their children doesn't give them the right to abuse their children. But unfortunately, some still do. And here's the thing about authority. When someone sins by their authority, it does deep and lasting damage. If a child is hurt or abused by a stranger, that's one thing. But if a child is abused by their own parent, that's something that will hurt deeper and last longer. And this is the hurt that many in our country feel right now. The hurt of when someone who is supposed to protect them all too often does the opposite. It doesn't mean that every authority is bad, but it does mean that many feel especially hurt by the sins of the few. And Christians have not always done a great job of empathizing with and standing with our brothers and sisters who are deeply hurting. Because this is an opportunity for the gospel and love of Christ to shine. And for that, we should repent. But now it's also no secret that the deep hurt that many feel has been carried over into violent rioting and looting. Understand what's going on. The tendency of human beings, when we are sinned against or we feel hurt, especially by those who should love us and protect us, is to take justice into our own hands. But God says, vengeance is mine less than a chapter later in Romans. And so when we do this, when we take matters into our own hands, we're not letting room, leaving room for God to do his work. And this is always our temptation when we are sinned against. When we're sinned against by a person, the devil hardens our conscience toward that person. When we're sinned against by an institution, the devil hardens our conscience toward that institution. And so we lash out at people or institutions that may have hurt us and may in fact be corrupt and sinful. And when we sin against them, it feels good. Right? In fact, it feels righteous. We feel like we are doing a good work when we sin against those who sin against us. 
And the whole thing starts a vicious cycle of sin on top of sin, building energy and trapping more and more people into sin. And this is danger for everybody, for the people protesting, for the people watching, for the people making judgments at home in front of their TVs. We can even do this while we sit at home on our computers. We can, we can look around us at all these crises happening, and we can use them to self-justify our own thoughts. Whatever that may be, whether that be that conservatives are racist or that progressives are lawless or whatever point it is that we want to make, we can use events like this to justify our own thoughts and actions rather than mourning for those who are mourning, rather than going to God in prayer, rather than forgiving those who sin against us, rather than repenting and loving our neighbor, rather than proclaiming the peace of God. If we do those things, we are simply fall, if, we, if we do other things besides that, we are simply falling into righteous indignation and self-justification to make the case that whatever we believe or do is good and just. And that self-justification is to put ourselves in God's place. And this is idolatry. We are making ourselves into our own God. And so here we are back again at the first commandment. We are not God. This is the very reason that we require confirmands to memorize the Ten Commandments because the primary purpose of the commandments is to show us that we're not God. We can't save ourselves. So if we're not God, who are we? This is the lesson that Jesus had to teach Nicodemus in our Gospel lesson. A Pharisee Nicodemus initially believed uh, and came to Jesus thinking he could justify himself. Jesus said to him, Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. We're not God. We're a creation. But a creation that since the fall into sin has been born of that same sinful flesh. Every single person on earth can trace the lineage back to one man, Adam, who by his sin caused death and sin to be passed down to each succeeding generation. So yes, this means that every person on earth, no matter the color, uh, is of the same family. But more significantly, it means that we're all sinners, and we're all on the same level. Sinners who cannot enter the kingdom of God by our own works. But if we could enter the kingdom of God by our own works in this way, with self-justification, there would be no need for God, no need for Jesus to die on the cross, and certainly no need for the Holy Spirit to bring us faith. See, God cannot be full of riches, his judgments cannot be unsearchable, and his ways cannot be untraceable if all we have to do is look within to justify ourselves. The saying, I can't breathe, has become a rallying cry around the world. But this also describes our condition due to sin. And it's for the very reason that we can't, that God actually breathes his Holy Spirit into us. That's the word that Jesus uses for Holy Spirit to Nicodemus. 
John uses the Greek word pneuma, but in Hebrew it's ruach. It's a word that means at the same time wind, spirit, and breath. And it's the same breath that God the Holy Spirit breathed into Adam's nostrils to give Adam the breath of life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, to breathe life into all the world, to create faith in our hearts, so that the world for which Jesus died would not perish, but have everlasting life. And the way the Holy Spirit breathes this life into us is another basic thing that God does, that God uses. Water and the Word. Holy baptism. Holy baptism tells us what the Holy Trinity thinks of us. Holy baptism is the act of the triune God to give you a new name, a new family, one not shaped by your worthless and sinful acts of self-justification or mine, but one that's shaped by Christ's perfect love for all the world. Christ stepped into our mess, into our sin, into our death. God doesn't merely solve a problem. God condescends to inhabit and absorb the mess that we've made. Our hope then, our justification, is not found in our mastery over evil, but of God standing with us in our evil. Baptism is Jesus standing with us in our evil, taking our evil into himself, but also bringing us into him who is righteous and holy. He declares us to be holy in baptism. In holy baptism, God gives you his holy name, his triune holy name, and gives you access to all the promises and blessings that come with that triune name. The triune God is one. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus prays that we be one as he is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is how God makes us one. Baptism is, is how God breaks down not just our sins, including the sin of racism, but, but everything. Baptism is our entrance into the kingdom of God, a kingdom not ravaged by injustice, riots, violence, or death, but a kingdom of perfect justice, peace, and life. This is the promise God made to Ezekiel when he said, I myself will shepherd my flock. I myself will let them lie down. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will destroy the fat and the strong. And I will shepherd them with justice. Oh, the depths and the riches and knowledge of God. Only a God who knows the deep hurt that his people feel is one who can heal it. God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit truly knows the hurt that his people feel because he descended into it in the person of Jesus. 
through the work of the Holy Spirit, he now inhabits our hearts. So what should you know about God? You should know that God is one. God is triune. That God is holy and just. And this holy and just God has justified you. He has made you one with himself and with every other baptized Christian. He is the source who created us all in his image. He is the means, the, the means by which we will be restored to that image. And he has already begun that in baptism. And he is our goal, our hope, and our rest in peace, both now and in eternity. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.